King Charles' coronation is this weekend. Iran has enough material to build five nuclear weapons. Gaza launched 100 rockets into Israel this week, and Iran has seized its second oil tanker in the Persian Gulf. These stories and more Messianic World Update is next. Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Lion and Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, for those of you who care about that, in the year 2023. Well, this weekend is the big weekend for King Charles. He's going to be coronated on Saturday, and the celebrations are going on already starting now, and we'll be going through the whole weekend. This is going to be a very religious ceremony for his coronation. It's going to be conducted at Westminster Abbey, which is a church. He's going to go through a procession first in which he'll ride in this gilded carriage and be drawn by a couple of white horses. When he arrives at the abbey, he's going to be taken in. He'll be seated on the throne chair. This throne chair, which has been used by all the monarchs of Great Britain for many years, has a stone that is set in the chair. It's called the Stone of Scone. It was actually taken from Scotland. But the tradition is that this stone came from Israel and was the pillow that Jacob used for his head in the story of Jacob leaving his parents, going to live with the Laban for a while. He has his lineage chart all lined up that says he is the son of David, so that he's fulfilling that. He will have an orb, which is really a cross. It's called the Cross of Wales. And the Pope sent him a special gift of some shards, they believe, from the cross that Yeshua, Jesus, was crucified on. And they've made a little cross out of those shards and that he's going to be holding with that. He'll have his scepter with the jewels and so forth in it. Part of the ceremony, will he will be taken from there. He'll be dressed in a simple linen cloth, and he'll be anointed with oil. And this oil will have come from the Mount of Olives in Israel. It was blended there in Jerusalem and brought to him for the oil of anointing. You will not see the anointing. That's a very private thing in which he gets out of his royal clothing. He wears a simple linen cloth for that same cloth that the priests used to use in the temple. There's going to be special scripture readings at this ceremony, one of which will come from 1 Kings. It will be the actual coronation of King Solomon, the words that David spoke over him. And it will also be the first chapter of the book of Colossians. That will be read as well. King Charles himself will pray, which is the first time that a monarch will do that. He will pray the following words. I pray that I may be a blessing to all thy children and every faith and conviction. And essentially, whereas before monarchs are the head of the Church of England, he wants to be the head of every faith in the world. And so he's making that declaration. There will be religious representatives from the Muslim world, the Hindu world, the Sikh, and a Jewish rabbi there in England. 
By the way, the Jewish rabbi had to get special permission to be able to go into a church on Sabbath day to be a part of it, but apparently they've worked that out so that he can do that. Now, here's the best part. Once he's coordinated, you and I and all the people of the world are going to be called upon to swear allegiance to him. The words that they're going to tell everybody to say are as follows. I swear I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law, so help me God. Before we go any further, one of the things about the prophecy about the mark of the beast, the number of his name, and that you have to bow down to him, the combination of those two is the prophecy. This is the allegiance. This fully satisfies that prophecy of bowing down to him and yielding to him. Then there will be in unison, all the people who are part of the coronation and all the people of the world will say, God save King Charles, long live King Charles, and may the king live forever. You just hear the spiritual overtones of this? And then, of course, there'll be great celebrations that will take place Saturday evening and also Sunday. Now, I don't know if you may have seen some material on this or not. Is King Charles the Antichrist? In 1981, a friend of mine and I wrote a computer program using the Hebrew gematria, which is the numerical system that lays over the top of an alphabet where you can calculate a value of a name or a phrase. And we wrote this computer program so that we could punch in names, phrases, and calculate the Hebrew gematria. This gematria program is used throughout the world. Greek uses this, for example. I simply adapted that system to the English alphabet. I won't get into the details of it, but that's essentially what I did. And used that program to punch in all world leaders' names. In 1981, the one name that kicked up, meaning 666, was Prince Charles of Wales. Now, it being in English wasn't enough to satisfy me. I needed to know what his name was in Hebrew. I think that his name in Hebrew is far more significant from a spiritual standpoint. And I was able to get a translation of his name in Hebrew. And oh, by the way, the Hebrew calculation of that is also 666. That was enough to get me to start paying attention to then Prince Charles and to see if there's other prophecies that seem to line up with him. And that's in the course of my study. I discovered that there's about 40 different prophecies that's all about the Antichrist. About 20 of them are prior to the Great Tribulation. There's another 20 about things he does in the Great Tribulation. Of those that were before the Great Tribulation, Prince Charles matches them. And so with great interest, I have watched this over the years. I kind of have a parallel life to him. I'm the same age as him. He was in the Navy. I was in the Navy, you know, a bunch of other things. And I've, I've known about his life all through my life. He went, the first day he went to school is the first day I went to school. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. Anyways, it was natural for me to pay attention to him and watch him. About 30 years ago, no, longer than that, I was living in Colorado Springs, and I invited a young Air Force cadet 
to come to my home for Sabbath dinner. His name was Tim Huckabee. He was a cadet at the Air Force. And he shared with me that he had been praying very intently about the verse, Revelation 13, 18, which is the number of the beast, the number of his name, about who that was, who could that possibly be? Well, I have this program. He's a guest at my house, and I said, well, would you like to see an interesting computer program? And I took him down, and I showed him, and he punched the name in, and he saw the calculation for it. And I gave him an example coat of arms for Prince Charles, and in the coat of arms are all the symbols in the book of Revelation for the Antichrist. I said, now, there's not enough evidence here to conclusively say he's the Antichrist, but we got a lot of intriguing stuff here that's very unique to him, and I think he's worthy to keep watching. Well, Mr. Huckabee proceeded to do even more research on this subject, and he used a pen name, Tim Cohen, and he wrote a book called The Antichrist and the Cup of Tea. This book has been out for a long time. And it went into even more detail, the College of Heraldry, all about his coat of arms, about his investure, what was said on him when he became the Prince of Wales, when his mother put the crown on him there in 1969 and says, this red dragon, he had given you your great power, throne and authority, and it was the red dragon of Wales. And by the way, that's, that's a verse out of Revelation 13 too. And so all of this data has been piling up about his life and how he fits those prophecies. Now, I want to say something very clear and succinct at this point. The prophecy says that the Antichrist is revealed to the world at the abomination of desolation. That event has not yet happened. These prophecies that I'm talking about, those are the ones that are given to believers in advance so that you are not caught unawares as to who he is and what he might be doing. But you cannot say at this point he definitely is. There are certain key prophecies yet to be fulfilled, and until he does them, it's almost slanders to say he is the Antichrist. What we can say is he certainly is lining up with a lot of these prophecies, but we continue to watch and see if he will fulfill these other prophecies that definitely reveal him to the world. Let me just tell you about the coronation. There are so many spiritual symbols associated with the theme of the Antichrist that it's stunning. The Antichrist, by definition, is to be an imitation of the true Messiah. He's to offer himself as a substitute for the Messiah. At this moment, you can say without qualification that King Charles is offering himself as the new Messiah of the world. And by the way, his supporters and his fans, they're just going gaga over him on this. He is being sold to the world as being the Messiah. In fact, that special anointing that he's having, so he can have the title, the anointed one. By the way, that's the definition for the word Messiah. The Messiah means the anointed one. They're making a big deal out of him getting anointed with this oil from the Mount of Olives. All of these are replicating the things we know about Yeshua of Nazareth. They're replicating the things about whom we know to be the Messiah. 
We have taken with this coronation a massive step toward the end of the age. So what I say to you is, watch closely the other prophecies about the anti-Messiah. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that anyone do this, but I'm going to tell you another prophecy that it says if he's the Antichrist. There's a prophecy that says he's going to be assassinated and he'll be brought back from the dead. Now, at this point, you might have mixed feelings about, well, this is interesting, but you know, that's, that's kind of on the edge of crazy and I'm not into conspiracies and weird stories and so forth. But I can assure you, this coronation is gonna get your attention, but this next prophecy that gets fulfilled, it will really get your attention. So we continue to watch and pay close attention. This is, watching these events in this day is one of the best indicators we're at the end of the age and the Messiah is getting ready to return. Because the scripture clearly says the anti-Messiah is dealt with directly by the Messiah when he returns. And so you can look at the life of the man, you can look at my age and say, how long, how long can he be around? How long can Monty be around? And you can get assessment of maybe how much time we have left in the end, end of the ages. So we're going to continue to watch that. And I'm going to be paying attention to other words that are said over him and what he says out of his mouth. We're going to watch real closely. This last week, the IDF defense minister, Gallant, made a very straightforward admission. A bunch of us have already known this. But he just came out publicly and said, Iran definitely has enough material for five nuclear weapons now. We've all been watching this enrichment thing taking place, and we know that Iran has been sneaking around to get this done. He's now saying they have it. By the way, Israeli intelligence on what's going on in Iran is premier. I think the United States knows it too, but they don't want to tell the people. But Gallant from Israel came out and flat said it publicly and openly. Now, one of the next questions that comes with this is, but are they trying to build a weapon yet? They may have all the parts, they may have some of the key parts, but are they actually trying to build a weapon yet? And furthermore, from a military standpoint is, how big a weapon is this going to be? Is this gonna be a nuclear weapon that's in the kiloton range or is it gonna be in the megaton range? Most nuclear weapons that are used around the world are in the megaton range. I can tell you this, one megaton nuclear weapon on Israel takes the whole nation out. It would, it would destroy the nation. They're a what we call a one-bomb nation. They cannot tolerate this. There is no way. I mean, they are backed up against the wall about this. So what do we think is going to happen next? Well, it looks like we're going to have a regional war in Israel. All of their neighbors around are proxies of Iran. Everything from Hezbollah to Hamas to the Palestinians that are in the West Bank to the PMU units that are in Syria and in Iraq. They all have drones, they all have rockets, and they all have missiles. So the day is coming when this is all going to flood in on Israel. It'll be the prophecies of Ezekiel 38 and 39. The good news is that the Lord's going to win. Israel will win this war. And it will set the stage for the final days of the end of the age. 
But we're watching closely because this is, and I'm not, I'm not kidding, guys, this is an extremely dangerous situation for Israel right now because of this. This last week, a prisoner, of, a Palestinian terrorist prisoner of the Islamic Jihad that had been in Gaza, had been in prison in Israel for some time, and he decided to go on a hunger strike. Well, he apparently made it a bunch of days, but he died. And so Gaza and the Islamic Jihad and those guys got all upset. You know, of course, they're accusing Israel killed him. He went on a hunger strike. He killed himself. But because he was in the prison, Israel killed him. So they launched about 100 rockets over the course of a couple of days into Israel. Of course, Israel went back and bombed those places that were being used, some of their weapons factories, the launch points and things like that. And Israel announced that they're going to start going after the Hamas leaders that are, that are making these decisions and trying to do it. At the moment, amazingly, there's a ceasefire, you know, between Gaza and, and Israel with regard to that. So that's the ongoing drizzle. One of the things that came out of, though, that's kind of interesting is that the minister, Ben Gavir, very conservative, was a little upset with Netanyahu in the security cabinet about not retaliating on Hamas even more so. Apparently to statements that are made by the Security Council, they said we cannot get too engaged with Gaza in retaliating. It's like a trap. If we go get a lot of military forces tied with it, then the northern border is in jeopardy. So they said we're not going to fall for it. We're going to stay on vigilance for the northern border. I think that's good, sound counsel. I think that shows you how tentative the situation is in Israel and for what's going on there. Okay, Iran just seized the second oil tanker in the Persian Gulf. Let me take you back a little history. There's an embargo against Iran shipping oil to certain nations, and the United States stopped an Iranian tanker took it in to take the fuel off of it, download for other things, not allowing it to give them their ship back, they can send it back, but they're not delivering oil to this forbidden nation. So Iran promptly went out and they seized an oil tanker. Kind of a tit-for-tat kind of thing going on. Well, now Iran has upped the stakes. They've gone out and seized a second oil tanker. So the tension in the Persian Gulf around their is building up, and we're not quite sure what the United States is going to do about it. How are we going to protect tankers that are coming through there? Because that Straits of Hormuz between the Persian Gulf and out into the Indian Ocean is a choke point in which the Iran has tremendous control ability in there. Plus, there's a major naval base for Iran there, and they have these fast boats that go out and capture these ships. So we'll have to watch that and see what's going to be happening with that. I have a tendency to believe that the U.S. is probably going to do very limited actions. I don't have a lot of confidence in President Biden to solve anything, including dressing himself properly each day. So let me just remind everybody in the Middle East that the combination of all the proxies for Iran, all the different nations that are surrounding Israel, including Iran, they have massive number of drones. They have ballistic rockets, tens of thousands of them. 
They have missiles accurate that can hit primary targets. They have terrorists that will come across the border. They have combat brigades that will come across the border to try to capture Israeli citizens. This is a very difficult situation from a military science standpoint for Israel. If Israel is backed all the way up to where they're about to lose their nation and collapse, you all know they have one last weapon in their arsenal, and that would be their nukes. This could get to be a really interesting world for all of us. I know it's already an interesting one, but it could get to be a really interesting world for all of us very soon. All right, that's our news for this week. Let me mention a couple of things to you, though. We have a Shavuot conference, Feast of Weeks, coming up at the end of this month, May 27th and 28th. Line of Land Ministries is hosting it. It will be right here in Norman, Oklahoma. If you'd like to be a part of that, Eddie Chumney is going to be joining me. We'll be teaching and we'll be celebrating the Feast of Weeks. Love to have you. We are space limited. We're limited to 200 persons to be able to come. If you want to be a part of it, please register as soon as you can. There is also hotel accommodations at that facility if you want to stay overnight to be a part of that. Also, the meal tickets will be purchased in advance because both of those days are Sabbaths, so we won't be purchasing meals. We'll do that in advance. We also have our Feast of Tabernacles that comes up in the fall. This year, it's the last week of September, spilling into the first weeks of October. Eight days long, family camping event. Come out, join us for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a great season of joy, as the scripture tells us. We have a host of teachers and musicians coming out to be a part of that, and I would love to invite you to come be a part of that. You can go to tabernaclesevent.com to register for that or call the ministry. They can give you more information concerning that. Thank you, everyone, who is watching this program and contributing to us and helping us to do this. I want you to be encouraged. And I've read the end of the book, and I know how this all turns out. There's no reason for you to be afraid. We're going to watch something incredible take place in our lifetimes. Hit that like button and subscribe to our channels and share our program with others and get the, help us get the word out to what's going on in this world. Shalom to everyone. Thank you, everyone, who listens to our podcast here at Line of Land Ministries. I want to remind you, you can get our podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, and wherever you like to download your podcast. Thank you for being a part of our program and listening to what we have to say.